this is a great time to do a show. And why wouldn't it be? I've got the washing machine going, which you can probably hear. My kid and my lady friend are screaming like assholes downstairs. And I'm here with you, doing something that involves complete silence. You're welcome. Uh, I've had a bunch of dumb shit, you know, happen, as usual, lately. And I just want to talk to you about it, okay? Okay? First and foremost, though, um, my son likes, you know, stupid music. And my lady friend wants him to be in French immersion. And if you're American, French immersion means you go to school uh, pretty well immersed in the French language. And French is the second language, the second official language of Canada. Just like you Americans, your second language would be Spanish, so that you can speak to the help. Same thing. Same thing. And it helps with government jobs, yada yada. And plus, bonus, I won't be able to help with his homework. So yeah. And let's face facts here. Let's face facts, folks. <laughs> what, how really, even if he went to English school, I wouldn't be able to help him much past grade four or five. Okay, like I'm very well aware of that, but this is a perfect excuse. And sure, I could still help him in math, except mm, I don't do math. Uh, all right, so what do you need to know about today? Today is a red letter day. It was a very interesting day. Um, I've taken two showers today. I'm fresh out of the shower. I've brushed my vaginal teeth twice. They're minty fresh. And razor sharp, folks, razor sharp. I am on fire tonight, let me tell you. Anyway, I want to tell you about the music. So um, Sarah will, Sarah, my wife, my lady friend, the recently um, slightly lighter due to removing a cyst on her something or other in her something or other, um, is teaching young Malcolm, my son, in case it's your first show, because you need to keep you updated, a little bit of French here and there, because Sarah, Sarah speaks French, and I do not, and uh, yada yada, right, get to the point, fuckhead, I'm tired, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Right. So the point is, she's playing in this French music, trying to teach him French songs, so he'll learn French. That's the whole goal here. And okay, I'm I don't know what to do. If I should play you the real song, okay, I'll play you the song because this is this has been my life for the past two days straight. And this is what he wants to listen to in the car all the time. So I'm gonna play it right into my mic so you can hear it, and then I'm gonna sing you my version. Okay, hold on. Okay, right? That's cool. It's cool for the oh, six seconds you listen to that. But after several, several plays, like say 50 plays in one, in one car trip, it's not so cool anymore. But it's like an earworm. Is that what they call that when something gets in your brain and it drives you fucking crazy and all you do is sing it? So I figure right now the only cure is to sing it to you and get it stuck in your head so it'll get the fuck out of mine. Okay, you ready? I'm gonna sing it with you now. Are you ready? Tony Danza, Tony Danza, sur le pont d'Avignon. Tony Danza, Tony Danza, sur le pont d'Avignon. Tony Danza, Tony Danza, sur le pont d'Avignon. Tony Danza, Tony Danza. Ready? Sing along now. Here it comes. This warm up music's the best. It's two little guys on a bridge. Listen. Isn't it good? Okay, now it's off of me. On to you. I'm free. 
Praise the sweet Lord Jesus, I'm free. Okay, so we took Malcolm on an outing today. Long story short, short story long. I packed him a lunch. Oh, you know what? Let me start at the start. My kid has an egg allergy, right? And every year we go and get him tested and every year we hope to God it's gone. Because with an egg allergy, 70-80% chance you're going to outgrow it. Maybe five or six years old, usually, on average. And it was... It was a long time ago. It was like two or three weeks ago. Malcolm was at Sarah's parents' house. And she sat him down. They had a nice big lunch. Um, she cracked him a few pistachios. He ate them. He, uh, right after eating them, immediately took a gigantic dump and then got really sleepy and then broke out entirely in hives. And I meant to tell you guys this story, but I don't think I ever did. So she calls us up and tells us what's happened and how hivey he is, except she didn't use the term hive. She said, full body rash. So we're like, great, great, thinking, oh, he's had an egg exposure and uh, we're going to have to spend the next six to seven hours in a hospital, which is awesome, always fun. So we go get him and I'm like, oh shit, because he's just got these big welts, like big hivey welts. His eyes aren't swollen, his lips aren't swollen, nothing like that, but he's just covered in these huge hives. And I was like, holy fuck. And then he's like, but I, I have a new puzzle. I want to do the puzzle. Do you guys want to do the puzzle? Can we do the puzzle? And I'm like, no. And then Sarah's mom's like, well, do you want to just see the puzzle? And I'm like, no, 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 no. We've got to go now. Like time is of the essence. And I didn't mean to come across bitchy, but it's like, we don't have six or seven or 10 or 15 minutes to play with the puzzle. Like we've got to go, y'all. So we pile into Sarah's tiny, annoying car. And with my big, fat, annoying, broken arm, it's even more fucking tiny and annoying because we're rushing and I'm like just drive I'm gonna get him clipped in while you're driving and I was trying to do that and it fucking hurt and we're driving we're driving and I'm like wait there's a quick care clinic not too far like let's just go take him there let's not panic because all we always do is overreact she's like yeah and I was like well he'll get medical attention it's not like we're just gonna go there and hang out there's like nurses there except they don't usually have a doctor I don't think I think the idea is for like minor things like if you need a quick stitch or you need someone to slap your kid around because they're misbehaving. You just take them to a quick care clinic. It's just the, the point is to take the pressure off of the children's hospital and all the emergency rooms so that maybe if you have something minor, you could go there and get taken care of, like if your kid's barfy or whatever. So um, I knew where one was and we pulled in there and we run in and he's covered in hives and I'm like, ah, ah, ah. that's the extent of <laughs> what I said because I was totally panicked, right? And then Sarah comes in. And I'm like, I think she's, I think he's having an allergic reaction. I don't know to what. He's um, anaphylactic to eggs and he just ate pistachios and we need help. Please, Jesus help. And she's just looking at me and she's like, yeah, can I get you to fill out this form? And I did one of these, <sighs> which is the polite way of saying, bitch, please. Cause like, fuck man, focus, dude, focus, right? When you're a jet, you're a jet. Oh, I don't know what's going on here. Okay, so she's like, oh, okay, let me go and get um, such and such. So while I'm filling out the form, she goes and gets such and such. Let's call, let me have to think of a name for her. Let's call her Paris. That's fun. Let's call her Paris, like Paris Hilton. And uh, we go into this little room. A nurse takes his vitals. Because what happens when you go into anaphylactic shock is um, you break out in hives, usually. And then things just start shutting down. Because your body's defense, it's like, oh, there's an intruder. You know what we should do? Shut everything down. Yeah. It's like what I imagine Harlem at nightfall is. Like all of the shutters come down and they put down the gates and then they lock it and then they double lock it. And then they pee on the lock just in case someone tries to break the lock. They won't touch the lock because it's got pee on it. That's basically what your body does 
when you're allergic to something and the allergen comes into your body. It just fucking freaks the fuck out. It, it, it like all this histamine comes out and it just, you know, your lips swell, your eyes can swell shut, your throat shuts. You basically go into shock, hence the anaphylactic shock. And yeah, so they're, they've got him in the little room and he's like very alert, very interested in what's going on, has a lot of questions, very proud that he can sit up straight while the stethoscope listens to his breathing and all this stuff. So they're monitoring his vitals, making sure his blood pressure is okay. He's able to breathe, his lungs are clear, there's no wheezing, no swelling, no nothing. So we get in there and uh, then this lady walks in. She's like, hey, you're my neighbors. And I look at her and I'm like, who the fuck are you? And she's like, I have the two white dogs. And I was like, oh, okay. Now I know who you are. Because <laughs> it was like super weird. It's like she wasn't walking the two dogs. So I had no fucking idea who she was. And I've seen her probably a minimum of a hundred times with these dogs. But you take away the dogs and I don't know who she is. And I was like, oh yeah, your dogs are named Max and Morris. And she's like, yeah. I said, you know what? You should have like a placard with the two pictures of your dogs to make you more identifiable to me. And then she starts laughing and I'm like, we are like kind of stressed out here. And she's like, don't worry. We're gonna take care of him. We're gonna monitor him, make sure he's safe. And she wanted to give him Benadryl. And we, having seen the allergist numerous times at this point, we're like, the allergist recommends Arius. Except, of course, we didn't fucking have any with us because we're like, he's going to grandma's house, there won't be any eggs there. Don't get me wrong, we had an EpiPen. We're EpiPened up. We're EpiPened up the wazoo. So don't worry about that. And she's like, well, we don't have Arius, we have Benadryl. And, she, and then we told her, pardon me, pardon me, that Benadryl isn't really good for this kind of reaction because it can mask other symptoms because one other symptom... God, I hate myself. One other symptom is lethargy. Like, because, you know, you're getting way less oxygen if your throat's shutting down, so you'll fall asleep and then die. And the idea behind not using the Benadryl and using the Arius is that it doesn't make you drowsy. Like, you should still, you know, it should relieve the symptoms of the hives and stuff, but at least you're not passed out. And, um, right. Having said that, um, they gave them Benadryl, the hives went away completely, and the thing with an allergic reaction is it's called biphasic, which means you'll have an initial reaction and it, you could very well, like somewhere between four or six, seven hours later, have another equally strong reaction. So basically you could have go through anaphylactic shock twice. So that's why you go to the hospital and they monitor you for hours and hours and hours. They give you a steroid um, shot, like a juice in your mouth or whatever, and you stay there to make sure that it has, it won't happen. So, uh, Yeah. We stayed there, he gave him, she gave him a little bit of Benadryl, we went home, got an extra EpiPen, she gave us a prescription, and we got uh, more Arius. So we gave him, we didn't give him the Arius actually, he cleared up after that. Yada yada yada, we went to um, the allergist on the 30th, and we weren't entirely sure what had happened. So. Um, he came in, he's like, oh, hey, blah, 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 really personable, really nice guy, really inappropriately tight pants, but very handsome, very nice, very, very nice. We waited like an hour and 15 minutes, but it's worth it. I don't mind waiting for doctors if when they come in, they take their time with you and they're kind and we were his last patients and I'm sure he just wanted to rush us the fuck out of there so he could go home to his family, but he didn't. He spent a lot of time talking to us, explaining things to us, what needs to happen. So what they do, if you have normal kids, you don't know this, so I'm going to inform you you do a skin prick test, which is like you stick your arm out, he makes markings, and we asked him to test for the pistachio just in case, and the egg just, well, because that's standard, that's what we're there to make sure, or to see if he's still allergic. And uh, 
Yeah, he put the drops on, he pricked them, made small talk, came back 15 minutes later, and I'm just, this whole, that whole 15 minutes, I'm just watching his arm. And if you're allergic, you develop like a reaction to it, right? And there's like a white center and then a red outer part. And my kid is fucking, not only is he allergic to eggs, but he is now also allergic to pistachios, which means he is also allergic to cashews because they're virtually the same almost the exact same protein. So if you're allergic to one, you're pretty well allergic to the other. And, you know, the egg one, he'll probably outgrow. There's a very, very good chance he'll outgrow that, but pistachios are forever. Cashews will be forever because there's only a 9% chance he's gonna outgrow that, which sucks. Balls, hard. I hate that for him. I hate that he's gonna have to do that. And I know, I know lots of kids have allergies and I, there's something that happens, you know, it's like human nature or something when you, like, you tell somebody something, like, I was telling my friend, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm just really disappointed. It's going to be hard for him. Like, he's always going to have to carry an EpiPen. He's always going to have to be careful. Because, I mean, I'm really lucky. I can go anywhere I want and eat whatever I want and not have to think about it. But for the rest of his life, he's going to have to ask. He's going to have to think. He's going to have to be prepared to use his EpiPen. He's going to have to know how. He's going to have to have an emergency procedure. Like, it just, uh, not procedure, emergency plan. And it just sucks. I think it just sucks. And I, like, blame myself because, like, one of the theories about why everybody's having fucking allergies is, like, women who have to take antibiotics when they're pregnant and kids that are, like, born through C-section. And I had to do both. And it just sucks. And of course I want to blame myself because I'm recovering Catholic and some time ago my crazy mother, my crazy Italian mother, I cut her toenails and, in t and, and it exploded into dust and I inhaled it and I'm her now, which explains the weight gain, but I just I just want to blame myself, I guess. Ugh, maybe there'll be some cure and I'm reading online and yada yada yada. Like one of the things is to like desensitize them so that way they, if they do get trace amounts they're not going to fucking die. But with desensitizing them you, they have to have like small, small, small bits of the allergen and uh, in a controlled environment, of course, it's not like Russian roulette at home. Here, have this egg sandwich. Let's see what happens. You know, it's uh, in a controlled environment. So the only thing that we have to hope for now, the doctor said, don't worry. You know, lots of kids have allergies. You just have to make sure he knows the rules, not to eat off anyone else's plate, to ask what's in it. He's like, he needs a, what do you call that? Medic alert bracelet and all this shit. And because uh, we've been drilling it into his head, you can't. You can't share lunch with anyone. The good thing about daycare is there's someone that sits at his table and she knows that he's allergic to eggs and she doesn't let anyone, anyone else's food near him. But we have to really drill that into him for um, kindergarten or whatever. Oh, my poor little guy. But anyway, the point I was trying to make is there's something that happens to people. They're like, oh, you know, it's just an allergy. Like uh, my cousin's kid has like a club foot and uh, elephant disease and... You can only see out of one eye and uh, it's like, yeah, I know, I know, I know. I know it's the bigger cross the bear game and I'm guilty of playing it too. And I'm sure in the past I have said to someone else whose kid had lice that um, someone else's kid in Uganda or some shit had flesh eating disease and now they're just like a nose and you should be thankful that your kid only has lice. It's just like, why do we do that to each other? It's one of those stupid things that like, you know, like I know, I know. I know it just stresses me out that I'm gonna like, I'm gonna have to worry, he's gonna have to worry, we're gonna all gonna have to be really conscious of how he's feeling and what he's doing. It's like, fuck, you know? 
God damn it. Oh, well. Anyway, it is not the end of the world. He doesn't have flesh eating. He's not just a nose on a pair of shoes in a cartoon. He'll be fine. And at least he's cute and smart. I mean, what if he was, like, dumb and ugly and had all these allergies? Right? You'd have to leave him in a dumpster somewhere, right? He's three. Someone will come along. But at least he's cute. Anyway, I'm just kidding. So calm the fuck down. Calm the fuck down. He also, my wonderful son, has uh, a hair trigger gag reflex. So I really hope he's not gay. Because if he is, boy, is he in for a messy life. Okay? Yeah, I know that's gross. Yes, I'm kidding. Let's all just bring it down. Okay? Let's all just calm right the fuck down. Because I'm joking. Okay? All right. Very good then. Oh, I really hope they're coming up for a bath. And then they're going to come up here and scream while I'm recording this. I really fucking hope so. There's going to be hell to pay. Oh, and my mom, I forgot the best part of that story. Um, uh, she's like, I, she knew the appointment was coming up and the day of the appointment, she called me in the morning and she usually doesn't wake up early. She called me at like 9.30 and the appointment was until 3.30 and she's like, I'm a pray for you today, okay? I'm a pray to Jizu. Jizu, he fix everything. And I was like, okay. Well, I mean, whatever, you know, prayer is great. Someone's sending good thoughts your way. Someone praying to the God that they believe in. Wonderful. And I think Jesus was a great guy. I really do. And I think that dimes are a sign from the afterlife that my father sends me. So we're all a little bit crazy sometimes. And uh, so after the appointment, uh, I call her after six and she's like, what happened? And I was like, where's your God now? She's like, what do you mean? I'm like, he's not only is he allergic to fucking eggs, he's allergic to pistachios and cashews. Where's your fucking Jesus now? Oh, oh no. It's like, yeah, it's okay. It's all right. Whatever. <sighs> Which stage of grieving am I in now? I must be in anger, right? Or am I in, oh, maybe I'm in acceptance now. Yeah, I think I might be in acceptance now. I'm a really long, there's a long grieving period for me. It just, it doesn't happen in a flash. It's like, anyway, we went on an outing today. Uh, I made my kid, my niece, <laughs> so awful. I made my niece pick a bunch of strawberries. Um, and I basically just walked around because I can't use my fucking right arm for anything. Cause it just aches and burns. Like it doesn't ache and burn when I'm just sitting here, but it aches and burns when I try to use it. Like I'm trying to like do a punching motion. Like, like I'd punch you in the throat right now and it fucking hurts. I have to like lift my shoulder into my ear to lift my arm that high. Fucking sucks. And don't get me wrong, a lot of my friends are like, when you're getting the summer off. It's like, yeah, big picture. Let's look at the big picture, you fucking hooligan. I have 21 years left of work. So if someone were to say to me, hey, fatty, what would you prefer? Four months off with three of those months, you are in really, really just about unbearable pain. And the last month, you can, you can stretch your arm, but it just fucking hurts to reach for stuff or to do the stretches. Or you could have no pain and have worked the last four months. What do you think? I think I'd rather have no pain for the rest of my life and have worked this entire time. That's just me. And then things start happening. I don't know if it's a mailman thing. I don't know if it's the certain office that I used to work in thing but something happens to these people's brains and I still have a friend who works in the office I used to work in and you know things 
information. <laughs> if you control the mail, you control information. Anyway, I hear things and my feelings get hurt and I shouldn't. So what am I trying to say? Let's, this isn't Facebook. Let's not be complete. Speak in vagaries and hope someone asks. I'm just going to tell you, okay? Uh, <sighs> I just, I feel like, you know, I may not do as much overtime as I used to do before I had Malcolm. And I feel like in my workplace, your work ethic is how you're judged. People define you by your work ethic. And I work in such a place where like, if so many people call in sick, you get forced to do overtime. And if you have a kid and have to be at daycare at a certain time, it's what I like to call inconvenient. And I don't like doing it because it means Malcolm has to stay at daycare for two hours longer. And it means that I have to clean up someone else's mess. So you kind of start to resent the same people who miraculously injure themselves in the winter. And somehow they're perfectly fine in the spring and the summer and the fall. But as soon as it snows, for whatever reason, there's a few people that are in too much pain to work in the winter. And I understand I myself have sat in judgment of those people because the same people that do it every single winter for the past seven winters, yeah, I can see the frustration in that because those same people are the people that cause us to be forced back into overtime. And when it's really, really snowy or there's a shit ton of parcels or they've got like 15 flyers, it sucks really bad. So I understand the resentment there. I am not one of those people. Like I'm, I don't call in sick unless I'm dying or I'm going to shit in a bush if I come to work. Like that's how bad it has to be for me not to go. And I have so many sick days that I have to, I carried them over and I'm forced to use five this year. That's how many, like that's the kind of person I am. And I'm not trying to toot my own horn. There's very few things that I do well, but I'm a good worker. You don't, I, I don't usually call in sick and I'm not an asshole about it. So I feel that when I hear people in a certain group that I work with say, oh, she must not be rehabbing properly. Okay, that hurts my feelings. And I should be more mad about it than I am because it's like, well, fuck you. Because I get it. I, I understand why you feel that way. I don't see how it's anyone's fucking business what I'm doing because I'm following doctor's orders. Like, what am I supposed to say? Am I supposed to, my doctor says, you can't push, pull, lift, or sort overhead with your right arm. You can't. You're not physically able to. And if you do do that, it's going to uh, slow your healing process. You're not allowed to do those things. Okay. What am I supposed to say? What would you guys say if your doctor said that and there's no work for you to do because you're physically unable to do it? Would you say, no, doctor, I don't care what you say, man. This is me role playing. Okay, you be the doctor. I love my job so much. I don't care about my health my well-being, my future, this right arm that I'm going to have to flick for anywhere between 8 and 15,000 times a day for the rest of my fucking career, for the next 21 years. No, I don't care what you say. I don't care that you're an orthopedic specialist. The people that I work with think that I am fit and healthy and able to go back to work. So I say no. I say no. I'm going back, despite what you say. Like, fuck off. What the fuck do you think is happening here? I can't fake it. He, t he tests me. He looks at my range of motion. I see a doctor and I see a physio. Are you telling me that I'm some kind of fucking genius that I can fake that to two different people? How? 
And I'd like to see them say to their doctor when they finally end up in the same situation that I am in and say to them, no, I want to go back to work. I'm in a lot of pain, but my coworkers think I'm not rehabbing properly. So I got to go, I got to go back. I mean, they're the cool kids. I got, their opinion is really, like, fuck off. Shuck a dick. Just shuck a big sweaty dick. Anyway, sorry about that. I don't know. I kind of got a little bit intense, a little bit crazy, but fuck. And it hurts my feelings. It's like, you know me. I, in, in almost 10 years, this is my first fucking injury ever, ever, ever. I've never had an injury on duty before, ever. Yeah, I did it this time. Yeah, it's a doozy. But I, goddamn son of a bitch. Why am I even telling you about this? It doesn't even matter. You don't care. I don't care. I just, it hurts my feelings. And it makes me sad. You know, emotional roller coaster over here. I can't even handle it. Anyway, did I tell, I didn't even fucking finish telling the story. Hang on, okay? I got, I got tails coming up. Just hang on one second. She's, she'll be funny at least. Okay. So we're strawberry picking. I'm basically supervising my niece doing a shit ton of physical labor, which uh, I quite enjoy. I've grown accustomed to it. I feel like I've inhaled, inhaled, <laughs> what kind of, inherited my mom's supervisory gene. Like I just want to smoke a cigar and drink an ice cold lemonade and watch her toil in the fields. And the last time we went into the strawberry picking, I think it was last year and Buster had just retired and the night before we went strawberry picking, I had far too much to drink. So when eight o'clock rolled around and it was time to get in the car and hunch over in the flaming, flaming heat of the 30 degree sun and pick, like the strawberries that year were tiny. They were like the size of the tip of my thumb. And I am fat, so that's fairly large, but they were tiny. They were like nickel sized. If you were lucky, you'd find one that was the size of a quarter, if you were lucky. And it took, I don't know, three some odd hours to pick five baskets at four liters a piece, like an ice cream pail's worth. Oh, I wanted to fucking die that day. And then like, why do we do this to ourselves? You know, like, why did I get drunk the night before? Okay, because it was fun. And then it's like, I'm toiling in the fields. Like, I, like I'm not a Canadian citizen. Like, what the fuck? You know, it's like, oh, it's supposed to be fun. Let's get try me picking. But this year, it was fun. We picked seven pails in under an hour. And then we went to the petting zoo where my child proceeded to be uh, terrified by goats. And I sympathize with him 110% on that. Goats are fucking weird. They'll eat anything. And uh, yeah, I'm with him on that. And then we go and we sit and we have a nice lunch. Had a nice lunch. I packed a tuna salad sandwich for my youngster. Made with vegan A's, of course. Yeah. Okay. So we're sitting there. He's eating a sandwich. We're talking having a gay old time, and uh, I see him gag. And like I said, he has a hair trigger gag reflex. Like if something hits too far back on his tongue, he does this, <clears throat> okay, you know what a gag is. But he looked at me and I'm like, did you take too big a bite? Yeah, and then he spit out, I'm like, spit it out. So he spit out the food that was in his mouth and I thought, oh, okay, good. And he starts retching again and I'm like, oh, Malcolm, just have a drink. And he's shaking his head at me and he's, and then it's like the barf comes and it's all over my fucking lap it's all over his pants his shoes his socks dripping down his fucking leg i'm like catching it and he's still barfing like it's like like a steady stream of barf all over and i was like fuck man and it's just like i had like about 15 seconds from this time he started barfing until the time he finished and i'm just laughing i'm like okay lean down because i mean you can't stop it at that point it's been triggered he's gonna barf until he can't barf anymore and then it'll be done so I'm laughing and, you know, it's crowded. People are looking at us and I was just like, fuck, I don't care. Look, he's going to barf, man. Either 
Either you're with us or against us. You know what I mean? So you guys fucking stay over there. So he barfs all over. He finishes barfing. And I was like, are you okay? And then he had a little bit of barf in his mouth. And this is like more revolting to me than the actual barf. He's got that little bit still in his mouth and he starts chewing it again. And I'm like, Malcolm, spit that out. He's like, mm-mm. Malcolm, spit that out. It's like you're eating your own barf. Like, what are you, like a mama bird? Like, fuck. He's like, no, no, mm-mm. He swallows it. He's like, that was a good part. And I was like, ugh. And I've seen him do it before and it's just like, ugh. Can't handle that. Like, I've had shit in my hair and that really fucking grossed me out. You're eating your own vomit? Ugh. Gross. Yada, yada, yada. We had to go to the car and change. Okay. I think I yada yada a few times already. I'm tired. I'm so tired. Okay, do you want to stop and listen to Tales? Yeah? Okay. Her email was entitled Moving. So I think she's moved. So let's listen to that. Hang on. Oh, hey, before... Wait, 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 wait. Every time I do a fucking upgrade or update or whatever on my computer, something fucks up. And I don't know why, but that's something this time. Like, I used to be able to open my Gmail, change of address 69 at gmail.com, if you wanted to write me something. Um, and right click and it'll say open with iTunes, open in Finder, open with Audacity, open with whatever. And now it doesn't give me that fucking option. So it took me half an hour, 40 minutes to figure out how the fuck to open it, open her email and load that like stuff into iTunes. It's like I had to go through Firefox and then open my Gmail and then download the audio and then send that to iTunes. Like, fuck, that's way less convenient, Apple, way less. Anyway, here she is after 40 minutes of trying to figure that shit out. God, 30 minutes of fucking blabbing. Hold on, here's Tails. Hey, what's up? It's Tails. I'm going to try and keep this a little bit shorter. Uh, the move went pretty well I guess it took us 12 hours to do it we had pride the day before I got burnt to a crisp hardly slept and then we got up at 8 signed the lease at 8 30 picked up the keys at 8 45 went back home and started moving we were uh, pretty much out of the old apartment um, by 11 30 12 o'clock ish we had the u-haul wasn't quite big enough so we had to come to the new place get rid of some of the furniture that was in there and then go back and keep loading and uh we started unpacking organizing we finished at about 9 9 a.m so what that's 13 hours of unpacking and now for the last two days there's still boxes out everything that we didn't unpack on uh, Monday is still unpacked. I just started, starting Tuesday, I started a nine day work day in a row thing. So that's nice and awesome. And then, oh, I forgot the fucking morning after we moved. I showered because I didn't shower the day we moved after Pride because everything was packed. and showered and guess what a shower doesn't work yay so i had to have like a weird bath slash kind of leaking shower head thing that didn't really clean too well oh yeah and the other thing is the laundry room is on the sixth floor 
of a building that doesn't have an elevator. But we have a back door in our suite that goes to the stairwell for the laundry machine. And there's only one washer and one dryer. And they're small, and it's scary up there. And there is a lot of spiders in here, but that's to be expected because this building was built in, like, the 1800s, which is fine. It's very spacious, though. Brand new flooring. Um, the walls look new, but it's definitely, like... Technically, this place is considered a condo. I don't understand why this is a fucking apartment. Like, whoever redid this uh, suite, or probably the rest of the building as well, to make it a condo, all they did was put shit over top of other shit. Like, you know, house flippers and stuff. Really cheap cut corners, whatever kind of things. Like, I was putting something, I was nailing a picture to the wall, and I heard the drywall that they did over fall inside to where the old wall was. Multiple times I heard that, so that's fucking creepy. But I have my homemade secret spider killer potion, and uh, seems to be working a little bit better. Got a few beetles with it, too, so that's awesome. Now my kitty cats are back home with me, and I miss them, and I love them. Uh, I am dead. I had to miss my physio today because... Fuck it, I could hardly get out of bed yesterday, and uh, I'm too old to move anymore. When I moved out on my own at 15 years old, uh, I didn't think that I'd be moving as much as I have. I'm 23 now, turning 24 next month, and this is my 12th move. So, do the math. That's like... A move a year slash a move every six months kind of thing and it's kind of not cool and I've officially decided after slicing my thumb open on the bottom of my fucking heavy brand new couch it's only heavy because it's got double recliners because you know we're spoiled like that and I like to max relax but I've decided that next time I'm paying somebody to move me because I can't take it anymore through my back out I literally couldn't walk the next morning, could not walk, and my burn, holy fuck, I couldn't sleep either, woo, yay for being a grown-up, anyways, peace out, it's been Tails, shit, I guess this isn't gonna be very short, I kind of mumbled on for a bit, but also, on a side note, orange is the new black, am I right, am I right, am I right, Ruby Rose, she was not in that enough, and I watched the whole season, in like three days, and I'm not happy, because now I have to wait a whole year. So, orange is the new black. I love it, but I hate it. Ah! Good God. Okay, I have a lot to talk about here. You've given me a lot to talk about. Six floors. That's my mom calling. I just declined my 71-year-old mother so I could do this with you. I hope you're happy. Yeah. There's a lot of guilt. Guilty vibes coming over here. Anyway, uh, no elevator. Okay, should have looked into that. But that's okay. How often do you do laundry? I don't know. You don't have a kid. You can reuse your clothes. Once a week? What do normal people do? What do you, we always got a load going here. So maybe what, you get two? Fuck, with the, at the rate my kid's barfing all over himself and fucking... Ugh, bodily fluids, my friends. Anyway, plumbing. Uh, something about your shower head. Listen, I have a really... Uh, funny for you, shitty for me, plumbing story to tell you. I attempted a little bit of, uh, 
I don't even know what you would call it. I did something with the toilet at my mom's house. It was leaking and I made an attempt to fix it. And yeah, I'll save that story for next week. And I'm going to save Gary's segment for next week too, because they go hand in hand. Because he's my lesbro. He's it. He is it. Everyone needs an electric Gary. And I have one. And you should really wish that you had one too. Because I reached out and I touched him. Not sexually. Over the phone. Over the phone. You fucking remember. Okay, anyway. But that story's coming up on the next show. Um, Alright, plumbing. 12 moves. How the fuck? And yes. Yes, Tails. Pay someone. Good God. Pay someone. It'll be the best four or $500 you've ever spent. Because moving yourself would suck ass. As you know, I no thank you. No thank you. No thank you. Because by the time you buy pizza and beer for everybody, you're already down 200 and some odd bucks anyway. Spend another 250 300 and have someone do it for you. And orange is the new black. What are you doing here? What are you doing? What did you do today? Well, I don't know. We went strawberry picking. And do you, oh, pardon you. And we painted baskets. What do, what do you say when you burp? Do they mwah? Oh, you're Trey Francais. Okay, hey, let's sing that song. Sur le pont. Tony Danza, Tony Danza. Okay, you sing it now, you sing it now. Okay, what, remember when we were sitting at the picnic table? Yeah. Do you remember what you did? What? Did you have a little puke? Yeah. What did you do? I barfed. Why? Because I ate too much. <laughs> you... <laughs> Alright, do you have anything else you'd like to share? Do you want to sing anything? Do you help me? Okay, what do you want to sing? The Tony Danza. You want to sing the Tony Danza song? Yeah. Okay, let me see if I can find it for you. It's not Tony Danza. It is. You don't even speak French. Stop talking. Okay, here. Okay, you ready? We're going to sing it together, okay? Yeah. Okay, just wait. Oh, God. You ready? Here it comes. Yeah. I love this song. Is it your favorite song? Yeah. No, no, I have to hold it right here for the microphone to hear. Okay, ready? Well, you sing it. Tony Danza. Well, I'll hold it. Okay, we're done with that. Okay, say goodbye now. I'm sick of you. Get out of here. You're sick of me. I'm sick of you. Are you sick of me? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my little... I really love you, but what's in that purple box? As, you know what? That That is the eternal question, my friend. Okay, say goodbye to everybody. Why? Well, say bye. Why? That's why, not bye. Say bye. Bedtime. It's why. Get out of here. He doesn't want to go to bed. Well, no one ever does. Get out of here. I'm going to stay here forever. Good God. I thought he'd never leave. But see, he uh, he loves the Tony Danza song. You can't beat that. Look, uh, Ruby Rose, Orange is the New Black. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Ruby Rose is like this weird enigma. She's like Scarlett Johansson. Straight girls want to fuck her. Gay girls want to fuck her. I think even a gay guy would fuck Ruby Rose. She's just uh, just quite attractive. But uh, it's a curse, I'm sure. I'm sure she has a hard time in life. God, you know how easy it would be to be hot? No wonder you don't develop a personality because everybody's just right there to see you. They don't even... They don't care what you have to say. You're just like, it's like a moth to a flame. I, maybe in my next life I'll be attractive. Maybe. Ugh. Anyway. The plot for Orange is the New Black this season, I didn't like this season. I know it's an unpopular opinion. I know all the lesbos are probably like freaking out and smashing their iPods and iPhones all over the fucking place because I just said that. But I'm going to be honest with you. Okay? And 
I didn't like Piper's whole deal. You know, like, what is her fucking problem? She committed to Alex. She had Alex thrown... Oh, spoiler. She ratted on Alex to have her thrown back in jail to be with her. And then she just takes off when Alex starts freaking out and acting like a psycho. And sucks right onto Ruby Rose, the new young hot thing. Because she can't be alone. And uh, Sugar, my friend Erin, who's been on the show that one time, because she's hard to pin down. Unless you're trying to fuck her, in which case it's really easy. Um, she called... You know, this is... I'm trying to have a professional-sounding podcast, and you guys just stomp around, you and you scream one. all night, and you, why aren't you wearing any pants? Ah, yeah. This is like a nudist colony. Good day! Good day! Good day! Good day! Good day! Good day! That's from good night. Yeah. See ya. Good God. What kind of fucking ramshackle establishment is this? Anyway, what I was saying was, Sugar, who... Uh, yada yada. She says that the actress that plays Piper on Orange is the New Black is like... <laughs> is like the two-faced on... Okay, for my 90s children, there was a show called Seinfeld. And people of my generation thoroughly enjoyed that show. The yada yadas from Seinfeld and Two-Face. Here's the scene, what happened. Seinfeld's dating this girl. And when she's in the coffee shop, she is a stunningly gorgeous attractive woman maybe it's the lighting i don't know in her apartment hideous in the car hideous it's like me he's basically ruby she's like ruby rose in the coffee shop and me everywhere else so that's what aaron thinks <laughs> piper looks like she's kind of like in some light she's stunningly gorgeous and then in other lights it's like Ugh, you know i mean i i just i don't i don't really get piper like she's not for me ruby rose i'm not really into bitchy uh short-haired women but yeah, yeah, you had me at throw another shrimp on the barbie because she's Australian. <clears throat> anyway, also Piper said the word panty in that show. Like, doesn't don't they know that mostly women watch that show? And don't they know that panty is one of the most disgusting words in the English language, next to moist? You put the two together, add a grandma, grandma's moist panties. Oh, no, 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 wait, 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 I can beat that, I can beat that, I can beat that. Grandma's crusty, formerly moist panties. Okay, there, yeah. When you're done screaming, let me know. Okay, yeah. I don't know. I just found seasons one and season two of Orange is the New Black to be phenomenal. But season three, I feel like they jumped the shark. The whole thing was like, okay, jump the shark. Where does that come from? Well, there was a show called Happy Days. Okay, and there was in that show there was the Fonz. And the Fonz, like they just had gone through on that show at this point, they had gone through every possible scenario, every storyline, all this dumb shit. And then for some reason, all the whole cast of Happy Days ends up in California where the Fonz is surfing in his leather jacket because he never took it off. And he quite literally in the in the TV show jumps over a shark on his surfboard. And now when shows or tv or uh whatever jumps the shark it's like okay this is like gone to the ridiculous now it's like kind of like i like i can suspend my disbelief but some things are retarded like say the fawns in a leather jacket jumping over a shark to safety on a surfboard okay henry winkler's a jew i don't think he's ever been on a surfboard in real life and i don't think he ever will he doesn't have his foreskin to keep him afloat so he'll sink like a stone. 
Okay, so no one asked me about my opinion on Orange is the New Black. I'm sure it's an unpopular one. I'm sure I'm alone, but I will continue watching. I just, last year and the year before, I laughed out loud. Like, it caught me by surprise and made me fucking laugh. And then this year, it's like, what is going on? It's like everybody went fucking weird. Maybe they have different white writers. But my one favorite part, my very favorite part, my favorite podcast called Rana and Beverly, one of the chicks on there plays uh, Beverly Ginsburg, and her name is Jamie Denbo, and I love that show, and I love her. And if you watch Orange is the New Black, there's a character on that show named Ginsburg. And Jamie Denbo, who plays Beverly Ginsburg on the Rana and Beverly podcast, is on the show. Not for very long, but she's on it. And my heart leapt when I saw her, and it made me, it salvaged season three of Orange is the New Black for me. So thank you, Jamie Denbo. And to a lesser extent, thank you, Beverly Ginsburg. And also thank you, dear listener. Unless you've shut this off already because you hate me, and you're a lesbian, and you love Orange is the New Black, and I'm blaspheming, and I'm really sorry. Okay? Sorry about that. Okay. This is why I have no friends and nobody likes me. Right. Okay, so I have a segment from Rose, which she's entitled The Real Bridgetown. And I think the Bridgetown she's referring to is the Bridgetown Comedy Festival. And she lives somewhere in fucking Portland. And if I could live anywhere in the world, I'd want to live in fucking Portland. Because I'm really into, you know, I don't know, what are they? I want to raise chickens. That's in Oregon, right? Electric Gary's in Oregon. I want to raise chickens with Electric Gary. I want to be, I want him to be my neighbor. Like if I win $25 million, I'd want a place in Portland just so I could like hang out with Electric Gary and Rose and Rich, Rich, if he's still listening and Todd, if he's still listening, I don't know. They could be dead for all I know, or I'm dead to them. Who knows how they feel about oranges and black. Anyway, that's where I'd want to be. So we're going to hear that. And I practically beg. No, I did beg for that segment and I'm not ashamed to say it. So Rose is going to be coming up soon. I'm just going to get all my dumb shit out of the way and let Rose close the show because I'm sure her podcast within my podcast is going to be a far, far, far superior podcast than my podcast. Anyway, so let me get the dumb shit out of the way. If you are interested, there's the Garbage Hill Podcasting Network. It's got only podcasts from Winnipeg. So if you want to hear other people with adorable Canadian accents, please feel free. Google Garbage, Garbage Hill Podcast Network. That's what you need to do. Okay, don't be a dink. And iTunes reviews, someone could leave one. Maybe you could. Oh, and I got another really generous donation. And good God, the Great British Pound translates into mega mega Canadian dollars. So thank you, thank you, thank you. It was some, from someone who's a longtime listener. And uh, those donations really, really feel good. Really good. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh. Hang on, my vagina teeth are gnashing together. Okay, okay, yeah, they're not, they're not as aroused. They're kind of holding down the fort. It's, it's gonna eat a carrot later. It's actually something I should post it on. Okay, no, all right, <clears throat> too far, too far, not funny. Okay, change of address sixty nine at gmail dot com. You can send me an email there. You can send me a segment there. And just when I feel like I don't want to do this podcast anymore, someone always shows up. Someone new with something relatively nice to say to me, and it always makes me feel good, and it motivates me to do another show. Plus, I mean, where would you be if you hadn't known that my kid bar barfed all over me? I mean, it would be, be a sad, sad day for you if I couldn't get to pass that along. And plus, you still have to hear about me trying to replace a toilet, which is gonna... Oh, the hijinks, my friends, the hijinks. Okay, so stay tuned. 
Um, okay, where was I? Stitcher. You can like us on Stitcher. You can put us in your favorites on Stitcher. You can listen on Stitcher. Podbean, if you want to donate to the show, you can go to changeofaddress.podbean.com. Click donate if you want to. I mean, if you don't, I'll still appreciate you listening, kind of. But not really. Not as much as I like the people that donate. But still, you're still cool. I still like you. Um, I think that's it. What else do I usually say? I can't remember. Stitcher, check. iTunes review, double check. I mean you. And um, you need to click subscribe on iTunes now in order to get my entire catalog because for whatever reason if you don't click subscribe it only shows the 20 most recent episodes which i find to be inconvenient because like fuck off you know what do you mean you can only show 20 shows at once that's bullshit because i mean what if somebody catches on and they want to listen to the first episode which mine is terrible so maybe this is a blessing in disguise actually i shouldn't say that anymore anyway you have to click subscribe to get access to all of them or you go to the podbean site which is changeyouraddress.podbean.com Okay, well, here's Rose. Um, really glad you guys stuck this out with me and we sang the Tony Danza song. I've had a really good time with you. Okay, let's hear from Rose. And I'm going to use my sexy voice right now to introduce Rose. Uh, Rose is none of your fucking business years old. And she enjoys long walks, um, 100 degree heat with no air conditioning. That's where she gets really wet and sticky. Rose! Sorry, sorry guys, sorry guys. Okay, here's Rose. Uh, she needs no introduction, really. She's just excellent. I begged for this, and I'm really glad I got it. And listen, 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 and listen some more. Okay, thanks, bye. Yeah. Okay. All right, let me go ahead and try this one more time. Hi, everybody, this is me, Rose, and sorry that I've been gone for so long. Um, I'm behind on all six podcasts that I try to keep up with. Yeah, that's right, six podcasts. I still, I'm behind on everybody since April. There's been a lot going on here in Rose World Industries. Um, but anyway, I just want to say, since I have no idea what the fuck is going on with anybody with change of address in the change of address family, I just want to say that I really hope everybody is doing well. I hope that spring didn't kill you. I hope that summer isn't killing you. And if you're not doing great, I hope that that changes soon. And, um, Maybe maybe go ahead and go to YouTube and Google or I mean look for the Chris Gethard show. Are you okay? Um, do that like by Friday. I think that's when the episode is going to finally air. Um, I saw a live stream recording of it, and let me just say, if if you're not okay, that show will make you feel okay. Um, so anyway. Um, I'm going to talk about the Bridgetown Comedy Festival, which is something that I have wanted to go to since it first started eight years ago. It started, um, no, it started in 2008. It started, that's why I haven't been. It started when I moved to the East Coast, where they do not have a Bridgetown Comedy Festival. There are bridges, but... It is not a bridge town. Oh, wait, Rich Richmond, Virginia actually likes to call themselves Bridge City, I think. Anyway, who the fuck cares? So um, it's something I've wanted to go to since 2008, and I've been following the scheduled lineup all that time just so I could feel like little shards of my dark, broken heart just splintering and, and turning into dust as they, as they little, little shards of my heart hit the ground. It was, I love to self-torture myself. Um, so 
And it's when I moved here last year, it was uh, it was like the week of the comedy festival. So there was just no way that I mean, I was trying to buy a bed that week. I would have loved to have seen Paul F. Tompkins in Harmontown. Don't get me wrong, but I also was tired of sleeping on the floor, goddammit, and I had no internet connection even. How was I going to buy tickets on online, for fuck's sake? Sure, I could have bought them in advance when I was still living back east. That's how I got my, my tickets to Broad City so quickly before they sold out. I bought them like five months in advance, but we're not talking about seeing Broad City live. We are talking about the Bridgetown Comedy Festival. Um, and I'm trying to do this super fast. Um, so anyway... The festival um, goes on, there's, there's four nights and three full days of multiple showcase shows. Um, it is a comedy fan's uh, wet dream or, or lady boner, or I like to call them cloners. They're clit boners because that's really what you're, you're going genital to genital. You're not like, like you wouldn't call like some you wouldn't use the word man or men and blend it in with with somehow them being wet and so that way they're they're met maybe that explains the new york mets i don't know you'll have to decide that so, jesus christ i'm having a good time um see isn't it worth the wait not really um so there is, because there's so many shows, you have the option of individual tickets, duh, or buying a festival pass, duh. Now, I'm the kind of person that even if I, that even if I really, really want to go to something, I will somehow talk myself out of going at the last minute and, and just completely puss out. And I really didn't want to do that because some of my favorite comedians were, were going to be playing. So... I sat down, looked at all, looked at the schedule, mapped out a way that all the times would work, so I could see all my favorite people, like like Dana Gould, Janine Garofalo, Jonathan Katz, Neil Hamburger, um, bump bump bump, Dave Hill, um, Harmontown folks, um, Tinkle Twins, um, Steve Agee. I mean, there there were just a shit ton of of people and and specific shows I wanted to go to, so I did the math. And it'd be cheaper to buy a festival pass. And the thing is, is if I have, if I have, if I've taken two buses in advance of the show to put down $130 for an ugly neon pink wristband that I've been told emphatically not to take off, even if you're showering, don't take it off. I found a way to still take it off when I showered and the entire time I was home. So anyway. If I'm going to go to all that hassle and all that money, then I am not going to be able to puss out. And puss out, I did not. So the first night was uh, John, Dr. Dr. Katz Live. It was basically the 20th, 25th, 20th, I think, anniversary of Dr. Katz. Um, if you don't know who that is, use your goddamn computer, people. We all know how. Um, and so basically the the... The premise is comedian Jonathan Katz plays a psychiatrist, no, psychologist, um, and all of his patients are comedians like Andy Dick and Andy Kindler. He's got some Andys there. Um, Janine Garofalo, um, Dana Gould, I'm pretty sure, has been on there. Um, it's just, it's, it's massive who all the awesome comedians he's had on there, and they're all kind of drawn to, to look like them. Um, and, and it was a very funny cartoon show that used to appear on Fox after The Simpsons, I believe, because that's important to know. So anyway, um, the... When John, the show started with Jonathan Katz like walking out with a cane because he, he needs a cane these days. Um, I found out later he's got multiple sclerosis because I know how to use a computer too. Um, 
my cat's going bonkers, sorry. So so anyway, he, he came out with his cane and did a monologue that was basically like a bunch of, of one-liners, like Jack Benny, only funny because Jack Benny sucks. So so within like the first two or three minutes, I was using my hands to do this with my cheeks. I don't know if you can tell from the sound of my that kind of thing. I was doing that because my cheeks hurt so fucking much from laughing. It was just, oh my God, it was the best. It was just like, listen to my voice. I'm like a five-year-old at Christmas. A five-year-old with a good Christmas, not the kind of Christmases I had at five years old. Anyway, so... um. So, so that night, the guests were Andy Kindler, and he can be kind of hit or, or miss for me in terms of me finding him funny, um, kind of like how, how you feel about Todd Glass. No, wait, you hate Todd Glass. Um, but Andy Kindler, like, he killed it. He was just, he, he was one of the, like, him and, I, I don't know, I, I don't know who was the best, who won that show. Like, because every show, like, I choose a winner, just like every day I choose a favorite person. I'm not kidding about either one of those things. Um, oh, this woman that was at the Scandinavian Festival, who is my favorite. Oh, my God, she was the best. Okay, shut up. So so the, the patients' guests were Andy Kindler, Dana Gould, Janine Garofalo, Brendan Small, who does the Metalopicus. I can never pronounce that fucking show in Adult Swim. I don't care. Um, and, and one of the things that Janine Garofalo talked about was being an art member, um, which happens when you turn 50, um, wearing a house coat or shift, like a vintage kind of thing at home, and putting her hair up, her long, her long, luxurious hair up in banana clips to keep it out of the way. And this will all be relevant later on. So that was Thursday night. Friday night... Um, I had the front row for Baked, which is this this showcase that Brendan Small does, where comedians come up, do their do their bit, whatever they they want to do, and then they they sing a rock song, um, or or sing and play an instrument if you're skilled like Steve Agee. Um, so that was I had second row for that. Wait, no, did I say second row? Fuck no, bitches. I had first row. By the way, I had first or second row. I think I already said that. This is my second recording, so I'm sorry. Fuck me. So anyway, I had front row for Baked. And when Janine Garofalo came out, well, let, let, let me backtrack a little bit. When, like, Neil Hamburger was one of the guests. Steve Agee was on, was on guitar the whole, the whole time. Uh, Neil Hamburger was one of the guests. And Neil Hamburger, like, again, look, look him up if you don't know him. He, um, I became familiar with him in the 90s. I'm not sure if that's when he started or if that's just when I, re, uh, you know, started following him. Um, and most of his humor is based around music and, like, you know, contemporary, like, rock bands, um, like, pretty much, like, musicians that, that anybody would know about, even though he was in a, a 90s Bay, or in the 90s, he was in a Bay Area band called the Zip Code Rapists. Um, fun fact about Neil Hamburger, he's also a real-life musician. Sorry about that sound. I'm, I'm killing my cat. Um, not really. So, so uh, Neil Hamburger has a very distinctive delivery, and like I said, all of his jokes are about bands. And judging from the material and the bands he was referencing, I don't think he's changed his routine in 20 years. Um, and I think a lot of those references were, were lost on 
the kids. You heard those air quotes, didn't you? The kids. Because um, the average show, like the average age for audience members, I would say would be 30, maybe 35 at the most. Um, very few over the age of 40. I don't even know if I saw other people over the age of 50 except at Dr. Katz. I digress. I'm very sorry. So, um, so, so one of Neil, I'm going to tell you a Neil Hamburger joke, and I can't do it with his delivery, which is really most of the joke right there is just his delivery. Um, and this joke won't make sense to you if you, anyway, shut up. So the joke is, why doesn't e Eric, fuck, let me try this again. Why does Eric Clapton only use Mac Apple products? Because he's always had problems with Windows. Now, if you don't know why that's funny, look up Eric Clapton's son, and then, then chuckle. Um, and I would totally recommend like going on YouTube and seeing whatever Neil Hamburger you can find because there's really no way to describe him except as a greasy anti-comic, um, which is awesome. So, uh, oh, and he's saying uh, my generation. So, and Kurt Braunler saying cheap tricks, my surrender. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I can't believe I said my surrender. It's like My Sharona meets Surrender, and you really can't compare those two songs. You certainly can't compare those two bands. Do not compare those two bands. I will, there will be fisticuffs if you compare those two bands. That's all I'm going to say. I will not even tell you how many times I've seen Cheap Trick, as well as participated in a Q&A, in &A, and I met Bunny Carlos when I was in high school. So fuck off. Do not compare Cheap Trick to the Knack. All right? Are we done? Good. So... Kurt Barnaller saying surrender, um, and then Neil Hamburger saying my generation. Steve Agee played guitar and forgetting something else. Oh, the fact that Kurt sang the surrender will make sense later on. It made sense at the time too. Um, and Janine Garofalo unfortunately doesn't sing or play an instrument. I was super duper duper disappointed about that because that's that's the whole fun of the show is seeing a comedian who who does something that you don't normally get to see them do. So what Janine decided to do is something that nobody's ever seen her do, which is basically not go for the joke and just go straight for alienating the audience based on her personal views, which I love. I. I agree with her views. I'm going to say 99% of the time, I've I like she's she's up there with she's just the best. Like I really really like her. I understand why she drives people crazy. There's been times where I'm like, eh, I'm going to turn off that special, but I much love. I'm hitting my chest there. Ow, that hurts. Um, bony. Flabby, like rolls on the signs. Rolls on the signs have been collecting sweat, but but yet bony. There. Um, so, so she did that, and, and what her theme was, um, I guess maybe because Portland is the home, was the birthplace of the Suicide Girls, so she basically kind of went on this awesome feminist rant of, um, of still con conforming to, to the male gaze, um, uh, either for, for approval or profit, is, is not empowerment. It's basically just the same old objectification and, and letting yourself be a commodity instead of a human being. So, um, which that is really not something that people want to hear. And ladies, do whatever you want, own it, be cool. I just am going to disagree, maybe with the filter that that it's seen through, or, or I will honor your feelings, but I those would not be my feelings. So whatever, fucking I'm backpedaling. So, 
And that's something that Janine Garofalo wouldn't do. She would not backpedal. And she did look into my eyes a couple of times during her set because, again, I was front row, motherfuckers. And she, she looked into my eye holes, and it was beautiful. I had, I had second row for Broad City, and Alana Gazer looked at me and touched me. And now, and now this, Janine Garofalo, eye holes. So that was Friday night. Let's see. Oh, uh, other things on Friday night. So I was waiting at, at the, at the, outside the Nordic Hall, waiting for Kurt Barnaller's Roustabout set. And there was this, um, yeah, because there's like, there's multiple shows at each venue. So like the people let out while we're waiting line, blah, blah, blah. So there's this short little um, uh, handy capable ramp for, for, for wheelchairs and maybe scooters. I don't know. Maybe rollerbladers. It's Portland. Um, unicyclists, probably. So, but this seemed more for more for the wheelchair. But it was so short. It's it's kind of like as soon as you got your wheelchair on it, you were going to be exiting it at the same time. So there was a, a fan there at the bottom in her electric wheelchair, and she had cerebral palsy, and she was with her fellow comedy friends, which was like super awesome, because. Cerebral palsy people have a sense of humor, too. I don't know if you knew that, but hey, this is the 21st century. We can all laugh together. So she was at the bottom of the ramp, and then Jonathan Katz came out in a wheelchair. He has his own electric wheelchair. Again, he has multiple sclerosis. I did my research. So he's got this, like, he's got this jaunty, it's, it's at an angle, it's like a jaunty hat, and, and these, like, wire glasses, like, hi, I'm a James Joycean smart guy, and, and he's fucking suave and, and debonair as shit. Like, I would ride that pony wheelchair in a minute. Um, I would break that thing. And so, so he was at, at the top of the ramp. And and he was eyeballing, if not possibly daring, the the CP woman at the bottom of the ramp. That's right. I can abbreviate it. I'm I'm not a bigot. You know, it's like re like take back the word. Take back the word. Hit your chest. Take back the take back the night. So. So he was he was kind of giving her like a challenging stink guy, and she's like, "I'm not, I'm, I'm, fuck that shit. I'm having fun with my friends. I'm laughing, ha ha." And so then then he just kind kind of sur surveys the crowd, and it's like, "Yeah, cats, I'm watching you, motherfucker." And he he like pulls on his stick shift, not a euphemism, and he just he goes at high speed. But again, this ramp is really really short, so as soon as he's getting on it, he's leaving it, and I don't think he calculated the physics of that because he's just blasting down that ramp and just suddenly has to jerk his side, jerk on the brakes and veer to a sharp right or else he was going to plow straight into the parked car that was there at the sidewalk. So that was very exciting. Jonathan Katz, human daredevil and comedian. That was just super great. Um, so anyway, I'm going to skip through a bunch of shit. I met Dave Hill, super wonderful. He's super, such a nice gentlemanly manners and smile, and he's so well-dressed, and he is also a short man, which I kind of thought. Um, he's been on at midnight. That might be someplace you've seen him. He also does a show on WFMU called The Goddamn Dave Hill Show, which you can listen to as a podcast, um, and he frequently has wonderful comedian guests on there. So anyway, it's Dave Hill. Um, it was a thrill and an honor to meet him. Um, and then at that same hall roustabout show, when Kurt Varnaller, let's remember, he sang Surrender, as, as he was coming in, I, seeming like a stalker fangirl, except old, so it's like extra creepy. It's like, whose mom showed up to go ha-ha all night long? Like, like who had, like, who was this lady who was such an awesome mom that she drove her kid here so he or she could go ha-ha all night long? Like, ugh. 
anyway, so so I'm I'm standing out there, like all those things I just said, as as he's entering, and I just say, hey, hey, here's a fun fact: uh, the original lyric uh, in Surrender was, "She's always been a whore," instead of. I've known her all these years. And Kurt's face just like lights up and he goes like, ha ha, oh, that totally makes sense. Like, oh, like, and, and he starts singing it. And then I start feeling self-conscious and I'm like, I'm like, I start waving my hands like, like, like in, in a, I'm shirking and shrink, like, like retreating for, formation. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh. And he's like, no, no, this great, it's great. I'm here to come see your show. Come by, yeah, we're all good. Um, so, so anyway, that was that. Again, I was like second row for for that show, um, and and he promised like the the greatest finale of all the shows that were going to be going on at the festival. And I wasn't at I was at some other other ends of shows at the thing. So maybe his did win from all the ones that I saw, but it certainly was awesome. So at the end of his show, he's like, and now here it is, the grand finale. And I should also say, like, there were a bunch of other people that I wanted to see. Like, they were, like, basically the people I was trying to hit as many times as possible was Dana Gold, Janine Garofalo, Neil Hamburger, um, bump, 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 and Andy Kindler actually was was one of the other ones. I think those were kind of the, the main ones. And then there were other specific shows I wanted to go see, like Harmontown, um, so like, you know, like a live recording of the podcast anyway, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? What the fuck? So at the end of Roustabout, um, the marching band came out because of course, Portland, um, we've had marching bands for over 15 years. It's just back 15 years ago, there were only one or two. And now there's like a shitload because they can make money being the weirdo quirky marching band as seen on Portlandia. So anyway, all these, all these, uh, fun loving kids, uh, the, the color theme for their quote unquote uniforms was white, but you could like throw together whatever you wanted as white, like white trash bags, like whatever you wanted to do. And I genuinely like stuff like that. When it when it is like a spontaneous, sincere thing, I just am suspicious now that it's something that people can make money of because I'm like fucking hardcore man. So anyway, uh, they so sorry for that. I'm just trying to speed through this. Um, so 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 we were all going down Burnside Street. And did I mention that today is the first day that you can legally have pot in Portland, Oregon, and that people were celebrating by handing out free pot on the Burnside Bridge today? Can't remember if I said that in this recording or the earlier version I tried, but that's happening today. Free weed on Burnside Bridge. Whoop-de-doo. Um, and and so that same that same Burnside Street, which is like a main thoroughfare, at midnight, uh, a marching band is leading us, and then there's Kurt Varnaler, and then there's all of us fans, and traffic is honking, and people are waving, and I really, totally, genuinely try to avoid. I avoid shit like this, like the plague. Like I do not do quirky group activities. I don't do any group activities. I sometimes go to things where there might be a bunch of other people at, but I don't do like, hey, let's do a adult kickball or like fuck that noise, fuck that noise. Like if I'm around more than two people at a time in a conversation, I get confused and paranoid. Hey, so. So, so it's still fun because it because Kurt Barler is like, oh, this is so quirky, only in Portland, and you know it's okay. 
So, so we're all down there, and then we get in this big semicircle, and then, of course, because it's Portland, there's a guy coming out on a unicycle, dressed all in black, and with a black cape and a Darth Vader mask, and he had these, like, twin jetpack things on the, on the, the back of his back. Is the back of the back your front? Like, do you keep turning? Anyway, so, so the back. On his back, he had these fucking twin jet things that kept shooting up fireworks, like just pew, pew, pew. And I'm just thinking, like, there's a roof over this abandoned thing that we're in. Like, when does pew, pew, pew turn into, like, holy mother of God, there's a fire. Oh, and I forgot to mention there was a fire in my apartment building a few doors down. I'll skip that for now. Um, so so, th so he was doing all of that, um, and I feel like there was something else weird about the Darth Vader mask shooting flames guy. Oh, yeah, he's playing the bagpipe. Of course. So let's get the checklist, friends. All in black, check. Unicycle, check. Exploding things, check. Darth Vader mask, check. Bagpipe, check. That's the worst Quinto, quanta, what's the fucking five in another language? That's that's just awful. It's the fucking five of doom is what I'm saying. So anyway, that was all fun, but it meant that I didn't get home probably until one or two o'clock in the morning, which was basically Saturday morning by then, and what whatever. I didn't fall asleep till four. Who cares? But I just knew that that I was I was hurting on Saturday. I had really let myself get super dehydrated because I wasn't going to miss part of anyone's set just by going to go pee. Like, fuck my bladder. Fuck my health. So what if I'm waiting in line in the sunshine and my meds make me, like, SPF 70 doesn't even work on my skin. Like, I, it was like, hello, heat exhaustion. Like, woo, like, awesome, good times. Like, ow. So, so I was like, fuck it. I'm like, let me just go see the recording of the Dana Gold live podcast and, and, and see if I can make it to the, to the Tinkle Twins. Cause there was this other fan I was hoping to meet up with again, skip all that shit. Um, so, so let me just, let me just, just tough it out. That's why I bought this festival pass. So I went to the Dana Gold, uh, recording. Um, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute, that was on Saturday. Let's back up a second. So I was waiting in this air-conditioned lobby because, of course, I got there earlier than I needed to because I take two buses. In fact, you don't, it doesn't matter. It takes, I just, I got there early, okay? Get off my, get off my tits. So, so I'm sitting there on this bench in, in like an empty lobby because everybody else is like at the bar drinking at like in the middle of the day. I'm like, Wah! drinking assholes fuck them and um like they're worse than the handing out weed people on burnside bridge let's just get that straight okay drunks always worse than stoners done i had to state the obvious on this day this holy day of all days also happy canada day um so so i'm i'm sitting there reading um the printed word on paper uh nothing with the screen it's actually i'm 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 reading a book um uh, uh, Growing Up Underground by Jane Alpert, A-L-P-E-R-T. Look her up. Um, look, I'm giving, throwing down knowledge, people. Yep, yep, 
Yep, she was a conspiracy bomber back in the 60s who went on the lam. Yeah. So anyway, I'm sitting there in, in the lobby reading my smart girl book that I originally read back in the 90s. Um, and, and you know, like when, when anybody like walks in, in and out of a door where you're sitting, like you're going to look, look up like you're not an animal, except I mean, I'm not an animal. I'm not going to say like I'm like I don't know you. I mean, I kind of know Sanchez. But anyway, so so it's. But animals would also look up, like dogs would be like, hey, maybe there's something I can play with because I'm a pack animal. A cat would be like, oh, who's this fucking asshole? Let me go look. Like, you know, iguanas would even be like, let me see who I can freak out. So so I look up, and and this, like, petite, like, rock and roll badass-looking chick with, like, long, luxurious, dark hair dressed akin, akin to Patti Smith, um, wearing like rocker aviator glasses and actually not looking like an asshole. And I'm like, holy fuck, that's Jane Garofalo. Oh my God, it's little elfin tiny Janine. Oh my God, I can't just let her walk past me. Like, no. And then I'm like, but maybe I should because I, I have chosen to wear my least favorite shirt today because I'm fat, it's hot. I'm trying to not feel horrible so I can still make Sunday's show. Why the fuck am I wearing this shirt? I really do. It's cotton, okay? I'm not wearing some some gross, like, super femi frilly, like, a uh, shirt. But it's boxy, you know? It's it's not flattering, necessarily. It's, it's, it's a make-do shirt. That's what it is. I'm making do. Because nobody's going to see me because I'm invisible. Like, yep except Janine Garofalo, and I'm just like, fuck, 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 and, and I do not say those things out loud. Instead, I, I just kind of like go, oh, hey, I, I really liked your set at, at, at Baked, like, like you know, I, you were right on, like, I felt you were right on with the, you know, all your feminism points. Like, I said it better than that. Come on, people. I said it better than that. Um, and and then said that I was, you know, I was also an art member and also would wear, you know, wear vintage house coats or shifts when I'm home. Um, but instead of putting my shorter hair up in banana clips, because my hair isn't even shoulder length yet, um, I, I roll it up in dry sponge rollers. And she's like, oh, that's great, because then I bet it looks, looks really cool when you enroll them. I'm like, fuck yeah, Janine, looks really cool when I enroll them. We're like, bro, dude, bro, dude, high five, chest bump. So that happened, and then, and then, and also being an art member, did I say that already? And then she, she was like, so, so you always, you always have a tissue up your sleeve, right? Like you've always got, got to have tissue up your sleeve, because like you, like you never know. And and I kind of like wiggle my my wrists and say, well, my I have no sleeves today. And then I'm like, oh my god, why did I draw attention to my horrible make do shirt? Like what the fuck am I doing? Because she has long sleeves on, because she weighs eighty pounds, dripping wet, so she's not sweating balls, and I've got layers of fat and and a bony chest so meeting her was awesome is what I'm trying to say and then she started getting like all all bronchial and like hacking up like like she was hacking up her her bowels and and she apologizing that she had bronchitis I'm like I'm so glad we shook hands and I bet you gave it to me just when you looked through my eye holes it baked and now I'm getting a double dose of it here you fucking cunt I love you Janine and so so that was that 
saw the uh saw the the whatever that show saw the Dana Gold show uh which was disappointing because Steve AG was way too high to do or say anything except maybe to say when somebody else had made a good joke and he would say that in a funny way kind of but mainly like the same thing over and over again he was a dud it was really there's such a thing as getting too high, people, and it's like that's maybe when drunk people do win because when they're drunk, sometimes they can be gregarious and funny. They can also be angry and 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 full of terror. Um, but stoners, when they get too high, it's like you're just it's just a bump on a log. Um, so there was that, and I also think Dana Gold's material um, and just kind of really direct, not passive aggressive, but straight up direct, if not aggressive. A approach is just lost on a Portland crowd in their 20s and, and 30s. And, and when a crowd isn't receptive, then it's just not as enjoyable for, for audience. And I'm sure it would, felt like weird for them. And the podcast, that one hasn't aired yet. One of Bronner's podcast has aired, and I've not listened to it because um, I'm behind. So anyway, that was that. I was going to go see the Tinkle Twins that night, um, but there was like three or four hours, three hours, I, I think, between the two shows, and I was just like, fuck that, I, I can't go home and back just to kill the time. So I was like, let me just leave and take my burning flesh and my headache with me um, and, and go home and drink water so I can try to make the, there was like three shows three or four shows on Sunday. Sunday was the blowout day for, for me of getting to see everybody stacked up that I wanted to see the most, plus getting to see Harmontown, which I really enjoy the podcast, but I also feel kind of gross, kind of train wrecky with Dan Harmon's alcoholism and now his very young wife's alcoholism. It's, I, I don't know. I still want to see it in person, though. Um, but, but, when I got home Saturday, I was like, it's going to take, uh, I don't know. So uh, needless to say, I, I didn't make any of Sunday's shows, none of them. But I did the math, and I still came out ahead with the festival pass. It still meant I went to the entire goddamn festival. It still meant that I had first or second row. I got to meet my, one of my favorite all-time people. Like, I would have been too scared to talk to Dana Gold. I just straight up would be. I thought I'd be too scared to talk to Janine Gray. Buffalo. But but no, I, I talked to her and apparently I willingly took her bronchitis because that Sunday when I woke up, I had a fucking headache and was coughing. And then for the following week, I was running a fever up and down and saw the doctor and was put on cough pills for another week and pretty much was coughing for the entire month of May. God damn you, Janine Garofalo, but it was still worth it. Okay, bye.